Craft Beer Radio, episode 367, on January 24th, 2016. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Greg Weiss. He is Jeffrey with one F. <laughs> Jeffrey Jeff with well two Fs, but still. When we believe in space, <laughs> uh, this is Craft Beer Radio, where we do a bunch of beers and taste them and tell you what we think. So, do you want to start with that? I think we should start with this one actually. Okay, we'll start with that one actually because this is a wheat, okay. uh, Bavarian wheat. So we're going to start with the Exile or uh, Hannah from Exile Brewing. Uh, this was. Dave's beer. Dave's gave this to us. Thanks, Dave. Uh, it's a Bavarian wheat, and uh, don't really have much more information on this other than give me that. Glass. I'm gonna swirl up whatever may be in the bottom of the bottle, so I gotta kind of pour a little bit out so I can rouse the yeast. Exile is. Let's see. Exile They're is in Iowa. Iowa. I don't know much about them. If we could pull up just a little bit of brewery information, I think sure. that'd be useful for this one. Okay, there we go. Uh, so it, it, this is poetic because here's how here's how it starts. After more than six weeks at sea, Joseph Tercy could see it. So it's <laughs> definitely like they're going for a whole poetic uh, okay. thing, whole story. The mother of exile, standing tall, welcoming her new children with her torch burning bright. Uh, they're in Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. The uh, back of the label does talk about uh, pour two thirds of the beer, swirl the bottle to stir the yeast, and then finish the pour. All right. So the beer pours uh, a nice cloudy orange. There's a little bit of yeast sediment sitting at the bottom of the glass, kind of chunky yeast. Definitely has a little bit of clove, peppery, a little bit of banana, a little bit of... I, I, thought, I thought it was pretty banana-forward myself. It took me a little bit first. of time to get that. But now I'm smelling it more. Less bubblegum, more banana. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of cloviness in there, but really, for me, I'm smelling the banana. That's kind of the, the main thing. Now that I kind of did the whole tilt the glass until the beer is almost spilling out and turn the glass, mm-hmm. coat the sides, it got a lot more phenols. It's kind of, uh, maybe I want to say a white pepper or something along those lines. It wasn't quite uh, clovey for me. Lots of carbonation. Um, again, a lot of zing in the nose. Um, seems like it's fairly highly carbonated. Oh, there's a ton of carbonation in this bottle. Took a sip, and all I got was like exploding bubbles in my mouth. It kind of washed away almost all the flavor. Mm. Way too carbonated for a, a Bavarian wheat beer. So I'm going to work out some of the bubbles by swirling the glass. Yeah, I mean, it's it's too brisk. Which you know, I mean, that's that's okay in, in a bottle, uh, but because you can work it out, it's yeah. not a big mm-hmm. deal. It's better than being undercarbonated yep. for sure. Look and see if there's any kind of date codes on this guy. Over here, I got something. I got some notches on the side. Well, there's uh, there's notch printing on the label, but no notches. 
it missed the notcher. Oh. You don't see those as much anymore. I think now that the inkjetting, you know, equipment has has come down in price, you don't see as many places using the labels that need to be notched. Hmm. I guess that that's one thing. I mean, yeah, because you do the labels way before you do the. Well, I mean, so I've seen like smaller breweries. They'll take a whole stack of labels, the kind of bind them together in a vice and then they'll use like a circular saw to cut the notch oh okay okay so it's not like it's a fancy thing you notch a whole bunch of labels then you run them through the labeler Uh, i'm not saying everyone done that but i actually have seen a place work like that um i want to say that was at uh pike brewing when i was up in seattle back in 2004 i think that's how they did it if i remember right um we can't notch on, on cans either. and can't. I mean, we have no cans today, but cans yeah. are increasingly... Yeah. I always get emails from some place that sells the ink marking for bottling and canning lines. You know, they just send me emails all the time. So if anyone's interested, let me know. I'll search my email. <laughs> Still smells and feels very brisk, very highly carbonated. I'm going to work out some more bubbles here. It does need some work. And when we say workout bubbles, you know, in case you're curious about what that means, we're just vigorously swirling our glasses to kind of work out the CO2. Yeah, essentially what you have to remember is the CO2 is in solution, and and it comes out because it it gets in the solution because of the pressure. It comes out when you relieve the pressure, but that takes time. What we're doing is we're agitating it to allow a lot more of the CO2 to come out of solution quickly. It's kind of like, it's what happens when you put Mentos in, in it, is... That's a different process. It's nucleation, but it's just, it, eventually the same thing. It pulls all of the uh, all of the carbon dioxide out of solution. Right. We should use Mentos. <laughs> Still prickly. Still prickly. I mean, it swirled and swirled and swirled, but I can taste more things mm-hmm. now. Banana is still a pretty big character. Um. Anything else? The the cloviness the is, is there. Is it? See, I, I haven't. I'm gonna have to dig on that. I haven't noticed any of the cloviness in the last sip or two. It's it's I an mean, undercurrent. It's not yeah. it's not blasting cloves, but I, I mm-hmm. definitely feel that it's there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I mean, there's not much to say. It, it's not. Um, it has pretty good flavors. Yeah, yeah. It just it didn't. It mainly doesn't feel like a good traditional Bavarian wheat because of the carbonation, kind of how it's presented in the glass. Mm-hmm. But the flavors that are there are pretty good. Uh, probably needs a little more maltiness or a little more wheat type body to it to be yeah, I, be more traditional. But other than that, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. It, it gets it, it. You know the flavors. Um, the flavors are are very good for for a wheat. You can quibble on certain things. Mm-hmm. I tend to like it more banana, but I've I've been coming around more to the bubblegum stuff too lately. But th- these are really minor, minor nitpicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's done very well. It's just a little bit overcarbonated, but that's something that can be alleviated. Uh, it, there's nothing particularly special about it, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean it's not a good beer. This is the Hannah from Exile Brewing. 
where do you want to go next? Now I think we hit the Alcopop Zone. Alcopop Zone. We should have some sort of music for the Alcopop Zone. <laughs> wonder how many of those we'll get this year. So this is from Abita. This is the Bayou Bootlegger Hard Root Beer. I need to finish my... Uh... You know, because there's all kinds of money to be had and hard root beers and hard sodas. Yeah, um, this is the new one of the new things, and it's part of the beer industry. It's not it's not adjacent anymore. It's actually you know the the brewers themselves are making these. So yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing this time around is that breweries are making these yeah. big breweries and small breweries are making these. Where it used to be like the malt beverage makers and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's it's huge. You know, Not Your Father's had like stunning like, like what, 1,300% like growth last year or something like that. Something crazy. So this is at 5.9% occupied volume. Uh, they say, uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I only get into marketing speak when I find something interesting about it or, or if it's overly flowery. Bayou Bootlegger is a dis- decidedly adult take on the old-fashioned set of fountain root beers of days gone by. I mean, it's a decidedly adult take because it has alcohol in it, I guess? Beer with natural flavor and caramel color added. I think that's maybe the other thing that is uh, probably new. Like, not your father swears that it's a uh, craft beer beer recipe you know beer beer based right and i haven't really looked into this this is all speculation on my part but maybe these guys are doing something that's more beery versus taking clear malt beverage which starts out as a beer too mm-hmm. and then you know adding that back well, into soda <clears throat> all distilled spirits start out as beers well, they don't all have hops to it, right? That's true. So that's a poor, important thing. This, is, this has to have a hop in it to be to qualify. for for a beta to sell it as they're selling it. As far as I'm aware, because they're calling it beer, it needs to have a hop in it. You know, some hop somewhere. So they say it's gluten free, sweetened with pure Louisiana cane sugar, uh, wintergreen, <clears throat> vanilla, sassafras, hints of clove and anise. Do not see anything about no zero IBUs. Okay, well, doesn't mean that it doesn't they, mean there are no hops in it. Just right. but yeah. All right. So the smell smells. How does the smell smell? How does it smell? It smells root beery, but it, it's kind of like not like mainstream root beer. There's probably a little more anise or. Um, Well, it is a decidedly adult take, remember? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a little, probably a little more anise than, uh, you know, Barks or something like that. It it just strikes me as a root beer. It doesn't... It has a, has a multi body to it, I think. You think so? A little bit. I mean, mouthfeel-wise, right? It, it It's coming across... More malt beerish in the body than uh, soda does. 
I feel like you're splitting hairs a bit. I feel like it tastes like A and W. Okay. And it doesn't it doesn't particularly strike me as like, oh, that has a real interesting splash of wintergreen where I wouldn't expect it or right. uh or you know, and anything that deviates much from a typical root beer. So what market is this displacing? Well, it's, it's you know, wine coolers and that sort of thing. Rum and Cokes and those kinds of things? Yeah, th- we mentioned um, uh, Red Bull and vodka. Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering. It, it, the thing is, the drinkers that it's displacing, I think, is different than the beverages on the shelf that it's displacing. Because it seems right. to be displacing craft beer to a larger degree than it's probably taking over craft drinkers. I I don't know because you have to think that at least some of the adoption of craft beer is people who like flavorful drinks but aren't necessarily always into having uh, something, for lack of a better word, beery. They do just want something that, you know, gives them an alcohol, gives them sweet, uh, gives them flavor without being, you know, bland. Mm -hmm. And these certainly fit the bill. This is so much better than any kind of Mike's Hard Lemonade or anything like that. that I've I, I think so, sure. But I I question whether... I, I think you're getting into a little bit of a no true Scotsman by saying, well, real, real true beer drinkers don't drink this, or, or something along those lines. Well, I think there's probably, you know, Julia likes using the term cross drinkers, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's cross drinkers. I mean, I don't think this is like... It, it doesn't have a bad taste in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was at someone's house and, and this is what they had, I wouldn't have a problem drinking it. Mm-hmm. If they had an IPA in the fridge, too, I would go for the IPA, you know. But I don't have problems drinking pretty much anything these days. If somebody yeah. says Miller Lite, I don't have a problem with it. I, well, I mean, I would definitely take this over yeah, but... bad, you know, like bad craft or macro. I, I would pick this. I mean, I think this is perfectly drinkable. There are some times when I have picked a Miller Lite over something else because if you just want to maintain that level and you just want something mm-hmm. that will not, I mean, it won't, it won't be offensive at all, but it just it goes down. A light beer is sort of perfect for that. They should. They have all, all uh, these. You know, things... I, I want rum barrel aged by you, bootlegger. Yeah, that would be interesting. That'd be, at least there'd be something to talk about there. Right, know? yeah, you'd have you'd have more to talk about. There's there's a slightly different flavor when when it first especially in the aroma and when it first hits your mouth and you get this sort of aroma and flavor combined. After that it just it, it tastes more like A and W to me. It just tastes like a plain old root beer. I, I think it tastes less fizzy. I think there's more of a malt body to it, so I think there's there's a little bit more adult uh flavor, you know, it's not just straight up sweet and bubbly. But I'm not you know, I'm not going to yeah. You know, fight that battle very hard. The, the thing to think about about losing shelf space is the only reason why craft beer would be losing shelf space is because this stuff is selling better. Well, um, that well, that's part of it, right? I mean, the kind of beverages that we promote here on the show, the kinds that we like, the ones we like promoting, are going. I think I feel are going to lose shelf space to the you know this, especially as the market grows. I've seen. I had a couple of listeners send me photos of the Alka Pop section in the beer store. And, you know, 
like uh, some guy from oh, it was a uh, Cedar Cetar uh-huh. from New Jersey, New York area, and I mean it was a big like ten foot section of a uh, you know six foot tall shelf, and you know it was all the Alka Pops, it was Jeds, and it was best damn and it was not your father's and all those let them compete and, and some will win and some will lose it's just like it's just like craft beer right? I mean part of the problem is that now there's a huge selection of craft beers available mm-hmm. and that means some of them are gonna not succeed and then you gotta fill up that space with something sure. but you know when I go to the store I went to large craft selection and now this is gonna be eating into it I feel I because I'm call me when it is Okay. Not when it. Not when you think it will be. Well, I haven't seen it personally, but I, you know, I've gotten feedback from two listeners who said, you know, it, I asked them what the, what did this displace, and they said it displaced craft. The plural on the shelf is not data. So, okay. You know, sometimes talking to you is just. <laughs> oh, it's just. So I just curious. want evidence. I want evidence. I mean, yeah, we you, we can see something and say, oh, I don't like that, but I I just feel like. Until there's ac- until it's actually a problem, right? We shouldn't treat it like a problem. Write in if you think it's a problem. If you've mm. seen significant amount of shelf space of the USB craft displaced by popular alcopop beverages, I mean, you're a craft drinker, presumably. You're losing selection mm-hmm. space because this stuff is on fire, and you can't really blame. The retailer, they need to stop. Yeah, I mean, to that demand, I so. say, you, you wanted to make, and you still may make a whole podcast called Shelf Turds about the fact that there's all this stuff on the shelf that you don't want to buy. Well, it was a tongue-in-cheek thing, but... There's some truth to it, is there not? I wanted to take back the name. <laughs> I wanted to take it back. I still haven't figured out what the format's going to be. I mean, I, I we just went. To, I went to the giant, the giant eagle, the, the supermarket that has the, the the biggest beer selection that I know of in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went around, and there were a lot of beers there, and there wasn't one that you said, "Oh, we should get that." Right. That plays a role when you say, "Oh, we're losing shelf space." I'm like, Jesus, there's a lot of shelf space here. Sure. All right. So what's next? We're going to do The Lost Highway. This is a black IPA from Mother, uh, Road. Mother Road. 8% alcohol by volume. 100 IBUs. Interesting. On their website, they call it a black IPA slash American stout. So they're, they're willing okay. to go either way with it. Okay. Don't have much else here. Pair with burgers or rich dessert. Mother Road is in Flagstaff, Arizona. This is 8% ABV. Very dark. It, it, I, I kind of see their description of IPA slash stout because you get hoppy in mm-hmm. the aroma and you also get roasty in the aroma. So it's not just kind of a carafa malt, right, yeah. you know, optical illusion type black IPA. It actually has some stoutiness in the aroma at least. And there's a definitely like a chocolate stuff coming through. And then the hops come in and it's almost orangey. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with orangey. Pretty bitter right off the top. 
Stout, the roasty stout comes in way late, but it's really kind of uh, bitter, orangey, a little bit pithy. Yeah, it, it's it's not yeah, it's not taking the the carafe away out and just putting an IPA that makes it that's black. It's definitely trying to mm-hmm. put the roast in there. Is it successful? We're coming off a very sweet thing. Right. That should be taken into consideration. Sure, Flight absolutely. plays a role here. Mm-hmm. So there's a distinct lack of sweetness. Uh, I think there's a good good malty sweetness in here. I'm, I'm stable. But I'm saying like my tongue is, is oh. getting a distinct lack of sweetness because it's like it just had sugar poured on it. Sure. And and now you're getting a lot of bitterness mm-hmm. and a lot of like roasty, uh, you know, drying you know, so you know, bitter in its own way. So you're getting two different kinds of bitter counteracting, you know, soda pop. So yeah, you definitely take a couple of sips here to yeah. get calibrated to it. Well, while we're doing that, I need to turn up my volume. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what the music means. It's commercial time. And uh, all we ask is when you shop on Amazon, you think of us and you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon when you start your shopping session. It's all you gots to do. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon when you start your shopping at Amazon. And uh, it doesn't cost you a penny more and it helps support the show. Quick and dirty. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It feels it, it it feels a little thin to me for for eight percent. The body doesn't feel quite there, and I'm 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 having this weird push me pull you effect with the roast and the malt, mm-hmm. or the, the roast and, and the and, and the hops. Right. Yeah, it's. IPA with a stout, you know, stout type malting. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's not my wheelhouse for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, there's some good dark IPAs, but they don't execute themselves like a stout reporter. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how I feel on this one. It's not bad, but it's. But like I said, I feel like I'm being. Yeah, pulled. I feel like I'm being stretched out. Like I'm trying to enjoy two different beers. I mean, it's like a good black and tan should feel like a complete thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, this feels as if you that's got... actually that's it. Actually, feels like you're doing a blend of an IPA, yeah. and a stout. Yeah, you got me your IPA and my stout. You got your stout and my IPA, and it, it doesn't feel like they, they're they're gelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of feels like an IPA stout black and tan that's mm-hmm. blended together. No, no, it's not bad. It's not. It, it's not a bad drink or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it doesn't. It's it's not setting off any fireworks in me for sure. Right. That was the Lost Highway from Mother Road. So, do we do Doppelbach or oat wine? <clears throat> Let's do the Doppelbach. Okay. 
Grand Teton Brewing sent us the Double Vision Double Box. Sitting on my doorstep yesterday. <laughs> was it frozen? It wasn't. Well, it's a Double Box. That's true. It was funny, Sam Adams sent us some samples of Cold Snap, mm-hmm. and there's a whole promotion of tweet, you know, your because uh, this week is, on average, the coldest week of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, so they want people to tweet, you know, where they're from, and the cold, their Cold Snap tweets, right, and then they're going to win a party or something, and the beers came with this whole Cold, cold Snap promotion, and they sent us a bottle and a can, and they were both frozen, <laughs> And I was wondering, did they freeze intentionally? Like, did they come frozen <laughs> intentionally as part of the marketing? Or did they just freeze because it was cold? Now, I did a little, um, I wouldn't say research, but I just did a little, like, back of the envelope calculation on this, um, like, a hundred or two shows ago. Uh, and I, I uh, came up with the observation that as long as you let, as long as, the bottle or can is not deformed, mm-hmm. and you let it sit for about a week, everything should go back into solution fine. So you should not have an issue with the frozen beer sort of losing something. If you if you immediately defrost it and then pour it, yeah, it's not going to be, the carbon dioxide is not, not going to yeah, be Yeah, you need to get the carbon dioxide dissolved back in. Yeah. Um, I think the bigger risk is cracking the glass or something like right, that. Right, right. Which can happen. These glass bottles are pretty pretty tough. Yeah. But the hydraulic pressure of ice is pretty tough, too. Yeah. So, but yeah, so thought, physics or physics is what you're going to deal with. Right. So I thought that was pretty funny that the cold snap with the whole promotion mm. thing came frozen. Yeah, it, it, that would be a very cold tasting beer. So the Doppelbach is viewed with Idaho Turo Pale and German Munich Cara Aroma Cara Munich and Dehusked Carafa Malts, and spiced with Liberty Hops American version, uh, which is they say American version of German Hillertal Mittelfra. Fermented the lager yeast from a monastery brewery near Munich. Cool. The um, Grand Teton is in Victor, Idaho. And this is one of the sample not for resale bottles like the Black Cauldron they sent us a while back. It's uh, their Cellar Reserve 8% ABV bottle conditioned beer. Another very dark beer. Tannish highlights. The aroma. You get some maltiness. You get a fair amount of booziness coming off of this one. You know, you're smelling some, some alcohol. Some vaporization from coming off that. A little bit of noble. A little bit of that lager yeast aroma. Mm-hmm. Kind of... Um, the aroma kind of reminds me, the, the multi part of the aroma kind of reminds me a bit of, of cereal, like a kind of Cheerios. And now Cheerios are oats, right? So don't really stick on the oat part of that, okay. but but kind of something that's kind of cereally. Now I'm smelling that kind of decoction, that extra caramelly, like white bread crust, rich. Um, um, that's what I'm looking for. Toastiness. A little sweet. You know, there's a lot of um, mm-hmm. sweetness in the bo- in the mouthfeel there, and 
The first sip, that's the main thing I'm feeling. I mean, it's a Doppelbach. You expect it to be sweet, so. Yeah, I mean, but like like world-class Doppelbachs yeah. are a little bit drier little. at that point, right? You know, you, and you can kind of get some of that more, that toasty uh, decoction type, uh, melanoidin type flavors instead of just a straight up sweetness. Hmm. Another one that feels a little thin. Yeah, I'm going to warm this guy up some. Wrap my hands around this glass, see if I can get it to open up. The advantage that I'm thinking like a root beer has is it uses a lot of sugar. <laughs> like right. direct sugar. Mm-hmm. That gives you a mouthfeel. Um, you know, it just enhances that, uh, that chewiness. Mm-hmm. These last two beers haven't been very chewy. Okay. Yeah. Throwing some heat into this beer, wrapping my hands around it. If I let it sort of some swim in my mouth a bit, mm-hmm. uh, it builds up a little bit of foam in there, and then I get some of the the, the mouth feel that I desire. Okay, that's coming down a little bit, a little bit better. It's a little bit like a. A very sweet chocolate milk or something like that. Last sip I got, I, I was getting some more of that, more of that toastiness. I was, I have to take another sip, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of the bananas that we were getting in the first beer. Really interesting. Getting something a little bit um, estery. Let me see if I can figure, pull on that a little bit more. Well, these lager yeasts they do tend to bring out. If you, especially now that your our tongues are sort of more, how did they describe where they got the yeast from? Monastery, a monastery uh, in Munich, a monastery okay. brewery near Munich. You know, Pistorius just tends to be a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit more potpourri, a little bit more flowery in some of its immediate sort of estery compounds that come out. Uh, ale yeast, you know, uh, ale yeast tend to be a little bit more. Uh, <clears throat> so if I say, I don't know, they, they they get free after a little bit, but they don't have that sort of immediate kind of potpourri-esque bit. You can really notice them in a light lager or something like that because those flavors are not really overwhelmed by anything else. So I searched for uh, Munich Monastery Brewery, and really only one comes back. It's the Index Monastery. Like Google doesn't like suggest like any other ones other than Index, <laughs> so it's probably Index that it came from. Could be, could very well be. And I've not had any beers from that brewery, so would not know what their house yeast tastes like. You know, now that this is warmed up and I'm drinking it, um, the sweetness I was getting when it like when it was colder, mm-hmm. I was really tasting the residual sweetness. In the beer, that was like the main thing. Now that it's a lot warmer, and if you haven't put heat in yours, I'd recommend it. I'm getting something. I'm getting some more caramel toffee notes. I'm getting. Uh, I think I'm still getting a little bit of those esters out of the beer, but it's it's a lot better drinker. Maybe I'm we're calibrated off the bitter and off the soda pop, mm-hmm. but um, last couple sips are starting to come around here. I mean, this is. Um... They say it's fermented cold. They fermented at 48 mm-hmm. degrees. 
uh, they logger it for 10 weeks. So that's a lot of time. Right. Yeah, I, almost, I, I finally got calibrated on this beer. I'm enjoying it. So hopefully, I'm yeah. looking forward to see what Greg says once he gets it nice and warm. By nice and warm, I mean... Uh, about so it says sixty eight on the gun, so about sixty four. All right. <clears throat> yes, I'm still at um, like around fifty five. Heat that puppy up. <laughs> Ten more degrees on this guy. It really works. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm trying to let me get a little bit more into it. Uh, I, I wonder if this index yeast. I'm assuming it, you know, this is Munich Monastery yeast does have a bit of a Belgian character to it or something like that because, you know, I am tasting things that are a lot more estery yeah. than you get out of uh, traditional Doppelbox. Thinking of um, well, Celebrator. Yeah. Well, Celebrator, right? right? You know, it's kind of the world classic. Sure. You know, and um, this one definitely has kind of a little bit more lively estery character to it. Hands are cold. <laughs> Greg's testing the differential of his hand versus the my hand beer. is now eighty-five degrees. My arm, by comparison, is ninety-three. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll give it a try. Maybe it's close enough. Okay, yeah, I'm getting the sixty-six at the transition. So that's. <clears throat> Let me know what you think. I went mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it really yeah. woke up, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, like you said, a lot of a lot of more of the toffee stuff is coming out. Uh, that uh, the toasty, that, that slight, the very slight bit between sort of toast and caramel is there is noticeable. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. But it, yeah, need to warm up. You're right. Yeah, so that's cool. You know. You know it's nice to have discovered that it's, you know, it would have been a shame if we would have just drank it at mm-hmm. 50 degrees and thought it was too sweet. So, you know, always live with your beers a little bit. See if a little heat helps mm-hmm. them out. And uh, for that Doppelbock, which is the uh, double vision Doppelbock from Grand Teton, you know, you would almost never say drink a lager at 68 degrees. This one? The higher alcohol beers tend to go better with higher temperature the uh last three beers right the grand teton a mother road and the abita were from the breweries and this last one this is, is a beer i picked up purchased by jeff this is duclaw which is down in baltimore obol which is a wheat wine oat wine i'm sorry it's an oat wine 40 ibu nine percent alcohol by volume do you pronounce it Opal when they're um, Thetas instead of O's? I don't know any other way. <laughs> I don't know my Greek, so. <laughs> that is a Theta, right? The over the horizontal bar? I believe that is a Theta, yes. Yes, because the lowercase version is that. So this is the uppercase version. Yes. Theta is usually used in math to describe angles. 
All right, so Galena and Tetanang hops, sorry, uh, pale malt, dehusk, harafa, flaked oats, and biscuit malt. Limited release. It's not the only Greek characters. The the E's are uh, sigmas on the label. An oat wine style ale. There's a pie in there, in the N. Oh, look at that. Those guys are clever. <laughs> Prepare to depart with the brown, full-bodied ale. A velvety mouthfeel leads to a final destination of blah, 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 blah. Because everyone pays the ferryman. <laughs> We're all gonna die. Nine percent. Nine percent. Huh. So the color is it's not quite as dark. It's it's a it's a dark tan. Right? Like yeah. like a really dark tea or something. I go mahogany. It has this brownish okay. reddish hue to it. The aroma is interesting. Um, I don't know no, if I've ever had an oat wine. I think we have. We we've may had, have. We've had oat goop <laughs> is that from oat Three wine? Floyds. Was that an oat wine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I think we've had one or two other ones. We'd have to go back and check. Doesn't happen very often. <laughs> to close one of these breweries that kind of, for me, came out of nowhere because I hadn't heard of them, and all of a sudden I tried stuff, and I was like, "Wow!" Like almost everything I tried was this is good. Yeah, yeah, Duclaw makes some some interesting. Um, they had those hoppy ones. They had the one with the Mo, uh, Motuika. Yeah, uh, was it Hellraiser or something yes, like Hellraiser. that? Hellraiser with the Motuika, which had that vanilla flavor. I think it was the first time we pulled that one out. Yeah, they do some pretty interesting stuff. They're near Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so. We've been putting heat into this one as well. Being an oat wine, yeah. 90%. We figure we want it nice and warm. Mine is currently uh, probably about 56 degrees. So it probably needs a little bit more. The aroma, I think there's a little bit of that oatmeal kind of smell. But I'm not sure I would have picked it if you know I wasn't looking for it. Not very boozy in the aroma. Not Not, not too boozy at all. And, you know, we just came off that Doppelbock, and maybe yeah. there's some palate drifts going on, but I, I feel like I'm getting some kind of, like, decocted melanoidin type thing as well. That, that toast. It smells oddly similar, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It, you know, it wouldn't be unusual to, you know, maybe do a decoction when you're doing something crazy like a note wine. Who knows? They have a whole video about, like, the story of Obol Oat Wine 2015, but I'm not going to watch that, so... Um, we'll never know <laughs> what the video contains. Does this... This is weird. Does this guy... Is he missing an arm, or is that just a weird... I think it's behind his back. Okay. <laughs> Duclaw may or may not have a one-armed brewer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, it, it, it's certainly possible, right? It just, it, it just looks like a very interesting... It's an interesting shot. It's in, it looks like it's behind his back. Yeah. But... Who knows? 
All you have to do is click play, and you'd probably find out rather quickly. You're, you're turned down, okay, so. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he does have two arms. <laughs> he does have two arms. Great. <laughs> it was the one-armed brewer, I swear. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move on to the flavor. I'm not the aroma hasn't opened up at all. I'm getting a little, like I said, it still has that little decocted type aroma, a little bit like a Doppelbach, a little sliding. Greg is uh, bewildered. The look on his face is quite bewildered. It's gone on for several minutes now. He's looking left and right and up, and he's squinting, smiling, shaking his head, <laughs> giggling. Oh, uh, I don't know what those expressions are called. Okay, what are you doing, Declaw? Okay, so it definitely has big Doppelbach type um, pedigree to it, don't you think? No, 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 not at all. Um, then what do you call it? They call it harsh. Um, it it feels. <sighs> hmm. It's crazy dry, like chalky. Very dry. Very dry. And that's a little bit of where, where the harshness is coming from. Didn't notice it right away, but like I'm like parched. Like my mouth is like sand. Yeah. It it reminds me a bit of Arrogant Bastard, I think, in terms of the some some of the bitterness is is really pulling it down for me. It's I don't know. I don't really... I'm not digging it at all. Okay, I'm starting to get that low dragging bitterness like after a couple of sips. Kind of sits on the top of your mouth. Pulls it... Pulls it back. Not that it tastes like Arrogant Bash. We're just... Sort of the, yeah, the, the more sips I take, the less I think it has a double bunk pedigree. And <laughs> now it's just like... What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh? All those expressions you had earlier. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because I expected to really enjoy this. I expected, ooh, this is going to be, you know, sweet and, and interesting, have a little bit of a distinct texture because of the oats. But no, it's just really dry and bitter. The um, I don't see any decoding on this bottle. It was interesting. I got a tweet. And we did the show. So I got this up at House of Thousand Beers also. And the last one we got was at Free Will, the, the Dene. And Free Will tweeted me back saying where'd you get that that beer is like almost two years old and uh that beer held up very well Mm -hmm. but you know now that i've known that i've picked up like a beer that's been out of production for two years at house of a thousand beers you know anything else is kind of suspect and you know this one doesn't seem to have a decode on it either so who knows yeah well i guess if you have a thousand beers you get it (laughs) Not anymore, but it used to be. You had to yeah. just fill up on stuff and not see. Hmm. I don't see any DM. Yeah, nothing, nothing out here indicating. Yeah, there's. This is a hard beer to love, right? I mean, it's, what, what's it giving you that's that's interesting? It gives you it gives you lots of alcohol, bitterness, it, dryness. Yeah. I've never had an oat wine that is like not like 
full-bodied and slimy and slight, you know, had a slickness to it. Um, it's really not in here. It's weird. Well, all that love we gave to Dewclaw does not apply to this beer. It happens. It happens. All right, so on to the Rankins. All right, so I it's, not, it's not often that the best beer we have is the beer that we drank in the pre-show. <laughs> we had the leftovers from last week, yeah. the vanilla bean stuff from Avery. Oh, that's so good. Okay, uh, I, I guess I'll go first. Uh, the, the the clock comes in last uh, for me, just because I I mean I just really didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I wanted to, did not come through for me. Uh, number four, I'm gonna put the Lost Highway again. Well, yeah, I'm gonna put the Lost Highway because it was. Uh, the mother road. It was it was confusing. It felt like I was being pulled, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to be more. Just to have to have more of a. Of a feeling of coming together. Right. So I'm gonna put the mother road in there. Uh, number three, um, the Abita just sort of comes in here and says, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm a root beer. Uh, I'm doing root beer things." And you're like, "Yeah, okay. It's you, you're fine for root beer. It's a little a, a little." A and W E for me, uh-huh. but uh, that's fine. Right, not bad. So the Abita in there, then the Exile. I mean, the, the tastes were all fine. The the, the mm-hmm. Hannah, the, the the flavors were were really good. Just needed to get a little bit less carbonation in, but uh, then the the Doppelbach was really good, especially once you warmed it up. Yeah, I, I match you exactly. Um, this oat wine was, was confused and. There really wasn't anything that I that I thought was distinguishing or particularly noteworthy in the flavor. It was uh, there was nothing wrong with it, but it was bitter and dry and not anything you'd expect to get from a beer labeled at wine. Yeah, um, Lost Highway, exactly what Greg said. Right? It's it was it felt like it was an IPA blended with a stout and. It's just not a combination that really worked all that well together for me. Oh, uh, the the Abita, I, I like that one. I was surprised how much I liked it. I would not have a problem drinking that, um, you know, if I was at uh, some place and I wanted to drink an alcoholic beverage and the options were bad bad craft beer Mm -hmm. i'm not going to name names but there's certain breweries that i would definitely take this over there is um beer and then you know other aqua pops and wine coolers and things like that i would definitely take the abita it was perfectly drinkable and i liked it i I do think it had a little bit more of a malty mouthfeel to it than um regular soda root beer um greg greg didn't believe me but i'm gonna stick with that one Number two, I'm going to put the uh, Exile, the Hannah from Exile. Crazy carbonated, had to work that out. But after that, you got pretty good banana-type Hefeweizen. Um, Could have used a little more Wheaty-type body to it, you know. But other than that... Those are nitpicks, yeah. It's nit. I mean, to take it up to the top tier Mm -hmm. of... Hefeweizen. Like world class, yeah. Well, just the top tier of Hefeweizen, right? It was it was minor leagues, right? It was good. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. But it wasn't 
the delicious experience that Hefeweizen could be. Okay, and, I, okay, and, sure. Right? Yeah. And so I think to get it up to that, the major leagues, it needs a little more body, a little more wheat type character to it. Doesn't take anything away from what we drank. It was fine. I just, I just feel it was a minor league mm-hmm. hefeweizen. It wasn't up there with the big. So triple A ball, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, it wasn't up there with the big boys. And then um, it, the wasn't, it wasn't single A. It was, it was pretty. Yeah. yeah. No, no, sure. You're drawing way too much distinction. I'm just, <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it wasn't with Franz's Connor and Schneider yeah, sure. yeah, and, and right, things right, like right. that, or even Penweizen. Yeah. Sure. Okay. okay. I agree. Um, and then the Grand Teton, this double vision. It took, you know, like I said, when it was when it was too cold, it just tasted sweet. Mm-hmm. But once we got it way warm, like up to 64, 68 degrees, it really opened up. And it was a really good beer. And uh, it took the top spot. All right. So I'm, I'm happy I took the time to warm that guy up. So Me too. If it's a big beer and a multi beer, warm it up. See if you can get more flavors out of it. Unless Thanks. It's What's that? Unless it's the oval. That's not going to... Warming up didn't help that one. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to another Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer with one F. Yes. Yes. Well, how else would you spell it? (laughs) (coughs) Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to find out what that means. Uh, If you want to contact us, Twitter is the preferred way. We got at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg, at Craft Beer Radio. Email... Uh, we got uh, beer at craftbeerradio.com if you use the email. It's physics. It is. And uh, I guess that's about it. We'll play you out with some pixies. Thanks for listening. Thanks.